Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening, where we are set to continue this new subject matter that I have headed Catholic Musings. So, as I noted last week, when I introduced our new topic of Catholic Musings, this is an evening that will allow us to engage the culture and bring that into conversation with the Catholic Church. So, in principle, I will take up whatever strikes me through the week, not only in something I observe around me in the world, but also how what we experience in everyday life is a prism, huh? To come to understand maybe a deeper spiritual truth. This week, it was a movie and a consequent reflection that had me thinking about sin. But before we get to the movie and the lesson it has to teach us about sin, I wanted to discuss mm, perspective. One might think our own point of view is the best way to tell our story, and at the end of our lives, our life story. But what about other people? Do not they have a perspective that might help us tell the full story? Uh, What do I mean? Well, do we not all have blind spots? And this is not to suggest that we are not on the mark in telling our story, no. But that we can be on the right path and not know that Maybe our right back taillight is out. <laughs> to the person who has the right vantage point, only they can tell us that the, the right back taillight is out. That, that maybe there's something a little off, or maybe there's something that hasn't been fully shared because of perspective. Okay, all that being said, it was the Swiss theologian, Hansers von Balthasar, who famously came up with an analogy to think about salvation. Reflecting on human history, von Balthasar noticed that, among other things, it's incredible drama, right? An exciting, emotional, unexpected series of events and circumstances with good and evil and characters that would make even Hollywood envious. Hence, von Balthasar developed his notion of what he called the theater of the world, or as it is said in the Latin Theatrum Mundi, global theater. Now, the idea of global theater really isn't original to von Balthasar. Certainly, Greek and Roman classical thought had developed the idea of world history as a play, in which the gods have assigned various roles to human beings. So human history thereby provides maybe a spectacle for the gods who watch and judge their performance as it was understood by the the Romans and the Greeks, of course. What von Balthasar did, my friends, was refine this notion of the global theater in light of what the Bible has to say about God's interaction with the human race. And it is here where, in his five-volume, popular five-volume set under the title Theodrama, that von Balthasar engages in these series of theological reflections that uses this analogy, this theodrama, to deepen our appreciation 
of the drama of salvation history. So what does he do? Von Balthasar shows that how the fruitfulness of this approach works. And, and he does so by highlighting how it helps us think about the unique Christian doctrine of the Incarnation as the theodrama, as opposed to the merely human drama. Huh? So the theodrama is only possible where God steps onto the stage of life's play as a person in the action. Okay, so in doing this, he provides for us, I think, my friends, a mirror, one that allows us to look back at us. And it is in this vein that von Balthasar suggests theater itself, in some way, shape, or form, always is looking back at us as it is a reflection of the human mind. And so we have the genre of drama as it plays out on the stage to potentially help us in the narrative that is playing out in our life, right? And here, my friends, we consider a drama, a movie, asking the question, is there a lesson that we are to look into and allow it to look back at us, okay? Well, I think there is. As Father Mike Ritter and I reflected for numerous weeks on movies, every movie has something for us. And this evening, what I would like to do is reflect ever so briefly on the movie World War Z. World War Z, starring Brad Pitt, is an apocalyptic horror film that is centered around a human virus that spreads through bites, which of course changes the chemistry of the brain and transforms humans into creatures, zombies, right, that behave like these rabid animals. In the movie, what happens but panic spreads and whole countries go into hiding, fearing death. And what I would argue, my friends, and this is really uh, our key point for the, for the night, something worse. That whole countries go into hiding, fearing death, but something worse. The shame of being transformed in seconds into something less human. And isn't that interesting? That in the plot of World War Z and most any zombie movie, human beings would rather die than be turned into monsters. Now it was at the conclusion of my latest viewing of World War Z that it dawned on me. Sin is like a virus. Sin leads us to be less than who we are, and in grave matter, leads us to monster-like behavior. Dare I say, zombie-like behavior. The sin of addiction changes the chemistry of the brain and transforms human behavior. In fact, the characteristics of a virus are eerily like sin. Viruses are clever. They don't die. If they are without a host, they go dormant until the right conditions arrive. The right conditions come along so they can grow and multiply. Does that sound familiar? Satan, the adversary, the advocate of our sinful nature, is aware of our errant addictions. If we fail to address such dependencies and obsessions, no matter how dormant they appear to be, oh, be rest assured, they will come back to haunt us. A virus is, is what else but a tiny microbe that you can only see with a microscope. Very subtle. Venial sin is subtle. An attachment to a worldly pleasure 
maybe a dash of ego. These are all microbes that can easily grow and, and fester into mortal sin. The grave matter that leads to spiritual death. Viruses need a host to survive. They spread rapidly and, and do a lot of damage to the host, as, as we all know. Destroying cells and causing diseases, which of course leads to physical death. Once we commit a sin, if it goes unchecked, it spreads rapidly. It damages our behavior, destroys relationships, and leads again to spiritual death. In the end, my friends, a virus is a virus. You can call it something other than what it is, but it does not change what it is or what it can do to you. Equally, a sin is a sin. You can call it something other than what it is, but it does not change what it is or, again, what it can do to you. Since my latest viewing of World War Z, I cannot get the question out of my head. What if we had the same aversion to sin as the characters in World War Z had to the virus? What is sin, anyways, Ian? We're orbiting around the definition of sin, but what is a sin? Sin is failure in genuine love for God and neighbor caused by a perverse attachment to certain goods. That's the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1849. To paraphrase St. Augustine, sin is the desire for things contrary to God. Sin in its worst form intoxicates right reason and turns us into what? Monsters. Incidentally, my friends, in World War Z, humanity was saved because Jerry Lane, the character played by Brad Pitt, made himself sick to repel the zombies. Now, the zombies instinctually knew not to bite infected hosts, and I thought that was really interesting. So Jerry Lane passes through the shadow of death for the world and found a cure for the monster-like behavior. By the way, where did he need to go? Jerusalem. And I'm talking about the movie. The world would have its antidote because the heroism of one man. Well, you know where I'm going. There is another antidote and another cure because there is just not another hero, but the greatest hero, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My friends, Christ conquered sin and death. And he gives us an antidote to sin in the sacrament of confession. As St. John the Evangelist reminds us in 1 John 1 verse 9, If we confess our sins, he will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So here we have this call to be cleansed from the virus of sin and to go forth and live pure and untainted lives. And as we do, my friends, we pray the words of the psalmist with confidence, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. My dear friends, we have to allow God into our narrative. He has conquered sin and death, and he desires that you give him whatever virus plagues you. And as you do, again, this is personal. It's not in the abstract. He desires you to call him Abba, Father. And this is what happens in the sacrament of confession. So we live, as others have suggested, not in the ego drama, but in the theodrama. The drama that God writes, directs, produces, and above all, stars in. Amen? Amen. Let us close with a word of prayer. 
All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you.